Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to this episode of the Heart is a Muscle podcast. What are we talking about, Joseph? Today, beautiful Jordan James, we're talking about holding space for you and your partner. The polarity of holding space for the feminine and for the masculine. Right. This one's a little bit instructional, but hopefully it'll also be very informational. Um, So enjoy. 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 All righty, 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 righty. Here wow, we are. starting here. Yeah, we're starting. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Today we're talking about holding space. Holding space. This is actually Joseph's idea. This was my idea. This is one of my uh, secret sleuth expertise areas. He is so good <laughs> at it, you guys. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by Ten Barrel Crush Strawberry, Strawberry Sour. Sours. We're going to be enjoying some of that. Mmm. <laughs> Delicious. Ten Barrel. We like to sell out. <laughs> Just kidding, Ten Barrel. Um, so, let's get down to it. Holding space. What does holding space mean to you, Jordan? It means... All parts are welcome. And like going, seeing through the eyes of the part of you, or seeing through your true eyes where all parts of you are welcome and also all parts of your partner are welcome. Mm hmm. Where it all belongs. Mm hmm. Is that curious? No. I was interested to hear. What you thought, because holding space is not something that I went to school for or got a degree in or even really was very aware of. Um, So I don't really know exactly how I developed a ability to hold space. And honestly, I think a lot of my space holding ability is kind of because that was my unofficial job in a lot of past relationships where it's just like my needs are very second to my partner's needs so I need to make sure that I can do that but what's refreshing in this relationship with you is that you hold space for me as well mm-hmm. because damn right god damn right um one of the things of truly holding space, because I think there is a false or kind of not really healthy way to do it. Ooh. And on both ends, the receiving space and the holding of space. Um, and I think the way that we do it is is better. Tell me more. Yeah. So... What I do in holding space is keeping a meter on where my parts are at when I know that your parts are in need. Yeah, how can you tell when my parts are in need? Or like... The sun has risen. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. JK. Um, I think the big thing for me that also helps me be aware of when like holding space is important because 
You can't always just be like, oh, I'm just going to keep the nest open for you and you just can come in here and be a baby bird and shit and, you know, squawk for food and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Well, the reason I ask, <laughs> the reason I ask is because, I mean, for some guys, and maybe women too, I just feel like for the masculine energy in general, sometimes it's hard to know when a solution is needed and when it's time to just hold space. Like, so how uh, can yes. you tell the difference? Well, I'm going to put that one up on the cork board because I think there's a little bit more that goes into that that should be kind of put out there, which is, I think, information that's becoming more apparent to most guys, but not to push that one off the side. Okay. Let's hold that one uh, for a little bit later because there's a little bit I want to get into before that one. Cool. Um, What I was, what's popping into my mind too is, the awareness of where your energy is at is a big thing of knowing like, okay, um, something's up. And you can call it energy or you can call it kind of intuition or you can call it like life force or just being able to Ooh. read you or whatever. You're starting to talk like me now. Ooh, yeah. But it's one of those things, and I think when you're with someone... Um, you kind of pick up these cues of like, hmm, something's off or something's not right or um, something needs to be addressed or whatever. And holding space is also having that awareness of like, okay, it's time to open up some more space here because something's up. And... A big part of holding space is also holding the invitation of like, hey you, um, you seem sad. Would you tell me what's going on? Because I'm curious why you're sad. Or if I'm hitting the mark and there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. And then it's when the invitation is made, that's when you hold the space because you're like, the invitation is a broadening of of your own energy of like come into the nest the, the nest is open oh this is so just really quick this is so fun for me to hear about what it's like from your experience yeah i mean i'm not scripting this either i'm kind of just flowing okay, um you're in the flow in the flow that crush has really got me <laughs> 10 barrel when you want to be in the flow crush 10 barrel <laughs> crush a crush crush a crush so, yeah, so you have to kind of have the, your feelers out to perceive, then you have to offer the invitation, and then you got to open the space, and then you have to listen. And this is one of those things that I'm sure everyone's been like, you have to truly listen, or you have to really listen, or you can't just like halfway listen, which I always find kind of patronizing, but... <laughs> it is one of those things where you kind of have to like in parts language it's attention everyone we need to pay attention so please put yourself aside for a moment and pay attention that is all that's what really listening kind of feels like to me where it's just like because when I I know when I'm not listening like when we're in a conversation and I'm like you're talking to me 
And there are parts of me that are like straining their ears to be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then there are other parts of me that are just like, man, what am I going to be doing about X, Y, and Z? Or like, man, I heard so much and this is what I'm going to say back to you. And I'm loading that up real good. I'm, oh, man, it's going to, this is the reaction we get. So That never I, happens for me. <laughs> I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. That's kind of that like halfway listening where like, you're only listening to pick up things that you can respond to. Yeah. When you're really, I feel like, listening, you really try and set that apart. Set that aside, or at least, like, tell everyone, like, let's focus on what's coming in and not think about what's going to be going out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not hard. It's, it's not easy. But it's also not hard. So, Is it like a muscle? That you build? Listening? No, it's more a like pay attention type of thing. Because like when you kind of lose the attention to listen and your oh, mind starts to kind of wander. Yeah. This The best thing that I can relate it to that maybe some people have also had experiences in when you're like, I'm going to meditate and like clear my mind and you're like, ah, I'm in the Zen garden and then there's a car honking its horn or alarm going off and I hate alarms like anything just like sends you off Uh you know the monkey brain syndrome where you have to like whenever you hear about meditation they're like acknowledge it and kindly bring it back (laughs) it's like your mind wanders and listening is kind of the same thing because when you're in the the nest the safe space and you've made the invitation and you're really trying to listen you're also trying to be aware of, am I continuing to listen or am I getting off, to- off topic here? And when it's something pretty serious or something that I can tell like is a big deal to you, it's much easier to be like, ooh, like, yeah, we need to pay attention. Um, sometimes, though, it's like, okay, like, I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you. What am I going to be doing later today? No, wait, wait. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. (sighs) Man, this happened at work and that bummed me out. No, wait, wait. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. You know, it's kind of this like keeping keeping the vessel on track. Mm -hmm. But holding that, it's kind of like meditating while while like bringing in what's coming. Mm Mm-hmm. The kind of same methodology. And then, trying to figure out what to do next. Or at least, like, feel the energy of, like, what does this encounter need? Or, from all the things that you just said, what do you need from me? And usually the best way is to be like, wow, I really hear all that. Thanks for telling me all that. What do you need? You know, you can just vocalize that. And usually, usually that's pretty good. If you've really been listening. (laughs) That can also be one of those. And also if your partner knows what they need, sometimes that's hard. Well, yeah, I mean... That's kind of the other part of it, too, of, like, they may not know what they need, but now it's time to 
it's time to like bring you into the conversation. Oh, I see, yeah. Because usually, you know, once you make the invitation and the invitation has been accepted, um, you need to like step back out of the conversation and that's where the listening is. That's where I think, that maybe that's another part of the listening where you're just like, when you're really listening, you're separated from the conversation. You're on the receiving end of the conversation. Because I think that's where, when I'm halfway listening, I'm like having a future conversation with you in my head mm-hmm. and halfway listening to you in the present. Mm. So yeah, once the listening has occurred, then it's time to like bring yourself back into the conversation. And that's usually when it gets juicy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really important to also engage, like, as you're holding space to let the person who's having a hard time know that you're there or, like, ask questions um, to show that you're genuinely curious in what they have to say. Like, that's a huge trigger for me is if I say something that's super vulnerable and I just get, like, no response. Even if it is, like, a big, wide-open space and I feel loved, it's, like... There's a part of me that feels really lonely and it needs affirmation that it's okay for me to share what I just shared. Mm, mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, if it doesn't get a question back or if it's not engaged, like, I have a trigger that's like, people don't really want to hear what I have to say about this stuff anyway. They never have. And mm-hmm. it's always resulted in more withdrawal or criticism. So. Um, they're like, oh, we just shouldn't have said anything. So it's like, yeah, kind of important to know, like, when to engage and ask a question and when to just, like, stay in listening. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the... Because it's not always easy to know when to do that. <laughs> no, it's super hard. Um, well, and I think that we have different styles, too. Because a lot of times when I'm listening to you, I ask a lot of questions. Like, I really engage with right. what you're saying. Sometimes you ask too many questions. Yeah, exactly. And and that's not helpful for your parts. Right. But, but like, that's me giving you the love language that I want for myself, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I mean, that is kind of the uh, the dance part of it. Because, yeah, I know that there, there's sometimes when I'm really trying to listen, and I'm listening, and I'm listening, and then, like, yeah, you're like, you express, like, I'm not getting what I need out of this. And it's like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> well what do you need? <laughs> and then, yeah, kind of on the opposite side of that, like, there's sometimes, like, if I get in a real ranty mood and you keep asking me questions while I'm trying to rant, there's a lot of my parts that are just like, can you please, please be quiet? Like, I'm trying to rant here. And, like, I'm not here to answer 20 questions. <laughs> so that's a little bit of the dance. Yeah, there's definitely so a dance in, in uh, holding space sometimes. I think it's getting used to what your what your specific partner needs. 
and realizing it, that it's di- it could be different than what you need in those moments. Mm-hmm. Like when you need somebody to hold space for you, you prefer it this way, but your partner might prefer it the opposite way. Yeah, there is a little bit of a learning curve. And I mean, I think that's why, you know, when you're first getting to know someone, it can be kind of a bummer when you're like just emotionally dumping on someone you barely know because it's just like wow like yeah this is great like i didn't know all this kind of stuff um i don't know how to respond to any of this though like Mm -hmm. so it is there's a little bit of a learning curve Mm -hmm. and there always will be yeah like even still with us yeah you never quite hit it on the mark it's been like, how many times have I asked you way too many questions when I just needed to hold space and I'm just now catching on to myself when I do that? <laughs> well, one of the things that is really important for holding space is um, really asking your parts to hold space within themselves as well. Because like... There can definitely be times in a conversation where, and this I think we both run into this when we've tried to hold space, somebody will say something and your parts will be like, wait a fucking minute. What did they just say? Oh, no, she didn't. That's right. Um, and, like, that's where holding space can kind of crumble. <laughs> yeah, it, can, it can crumble real quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, you know, when someone's really in it, in an emotional way, one way or the other, um, they they don't always they can't always hold space back. So that's kind of the part of the invitation and the listening and the like engagement is your. Well, I think the real power of holding space is that like you hold whatever you're gonna bring is being good and necessary and okay even if it's not very happy or very kind or very i don't know uh if it's triggering well yeah i mean what's the other word i want to say like appropriate or something like that you know if because I've run into this a few times with you where I'll be listening along there and then you'll kind of go into a deeper level of like unsettled energy and I'm like, okay, what else is going on here? And you'll be like, I'm really feeling lonely or I'm really feeling like not being heard because of X, Y, and Z. And like inside of me, some of my parts will be like, well, fuck, what do you want? Like, (laughs) I'm doing all this shit for you. And then that's when you really have to have those holding space parts that are like, yes, yes, we hear, but what else, there's something else here that we're missing, that like, we're missing something part that pops up and is like, no, 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 there's, there's not a need to be offended, there's a need to really see what we're missing, what are we missing? And that's where like, the listening part comes really important. Yeah, that I think that's a part that that maybe not a lot of people have like well developed inside of them. Yeah, it's I've kind of come to know this as like um calm under fire. 
when you're like someone's angry or upset or like telling you that you're doing something wrong and you don't allow or you don't really like you kind of hold space for your parts to be upset about it but also not to like be upset about it or at least to be like yes upset parts i hear that you're upset but give me one moment because i think there's something else here there's a, there's a nugget that we haven't quite unearthed mm-hmm. so give me a minute give me a minute and then that nugget will kind of come to earth and you're like aha see parts like there's not really anything to be upset about here because we just missed the mark now let's bring it around to that mark and see where we land and usually that's where you can kind of find the heart of like the problem Mm -hmm. because the heart of the problem that your partner is usually going through is not even really apparent to them sometimes yeah so sometimes you gotta gotta go a couple layers deeper into the holding part of holding space and then it'll come up and you're like aha you needed this what you needed this and we kind of had to get into the weeds to find it now we found it now let's build something out of it mm-hmm. um because it can be a real bummer when you feel like you're being what your partner needs or what you think they need and you're really trying hard to be that and then they're like you're not being what i need and you're like what yes i am (laughs) i know what you need (laughs) you know and that's where the listening part is just overrun by you know your parts that get triggered where it's just like we're done listening we know what you need this is what you need Uh you shut your damn mouth (laughs) and appreciate what you have you know something like that i'm triggered yeah um, and that's where you get the, the spiral and the, the holding space kind of crumbles and that's not good for anybody. Yeah. So yeah, holding space is a real exercise in dealing with your partner's parts, dealing with your parts, being able to listen, being able to dig into the layers of the whole thing and then work together to find what was not being met mm-hmm. find the need find the need and I, I what we're getting better at kind of like our edge in our relationship is when we're both triggered how to take turns holding space for one another yeah like that I feel like that's the the cutting edge of what we're learning and we're getting better and better at yeah because um, you're not going to get it right all the time. <laughs> yeah. And like there's, there have definitely been times where I'm like, okay, I need to hold some space here. And then eventually along the way, it's just like, I'm out of space. <laughs> and now I'm triggered. And now I have needs that are not being met. And there's not much I can do about that. I'm kind of out of like, you know, self. I'm out of self. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of self. I'm blended, uh-huh. and I'm My now I'm are grumpy. As fuck. Now I'm grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. I mean, I think that's the thing is like noticing 
when you're both getting triggered in a conversation, that's our thing is kind of noticing when that happens more and intentionally taking turns. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't become like, yeah, because in that moment we both have unmet needs that need to be addressed, but we can't address them like with the, with the current parts that are both offended inside of us, they will go to war. And so we have to be willing to take, like take turns. So it's like, okay, I'll hear from your offended parts and I'll, I'll let mine step back and I'll really listen to what your offended parts need. Mm-hmm. But my parts will not step back if you don't tell me, if you don't promise me that they're going to get a chance to talk to. Yeah. I don't know. We don't really have that, do we? No, but I feel like that level of awareness and communication would be really helpful. Yeah, I mean... This is uh, this is something that I never really consciously did. And the flip side of this that's kind of a bummer is like when your partner doesn't like reciprocate to hold space for you, when you hold space, you do it out of resentment. And that's a bummer. Of just like, Ugh, okay, man. yeah, you're having a fucking meltdown about X, Y, and Z, and I'll be here for you. Yeah, and that I'm will only hate trigger it. them more. <laughs> that will only trigger them more. Like, if you do it out of resentment, don't fucking do it. Like, take responsibility for your own resentment and speak up for your needs. Like, because other, it's not gonna, it's gonna make, that's gonna make it way worse. Yeah, so, when you're feeling resentment, what I'm, I'm really, what's coming up into my mind that I think has been kind of um, a tool that I've successfully used when we both get in that state of just like, well, I'm the one who's triggered and you're not more triggered than I am. So like, meh, is using to the best of my ability, nonviolent communication to be like, look, this, the, these are my basic needs that like, I am not being met by this conversation. And this is what the way it makes me feel when you say X, Y, and Z. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> well, and really often, I think what you do really well in those sorts of situations is you say the most vulnerable thing. You say, like, I'm feeling frustrated and I feel, like, stuck. I feel stuck. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, want, I have a part that wants to connect with you and a part that is really frustrated right now. And I feel right. stuck. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I have gotten better is is doing that and and not doing that in a way where I victimize myself. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. that doesn't really help. Mm-hmm. That kind of it, because it doesn't really get to like what your needs are, and you're not truly expressing like what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of blaming or like redirecting yeah you you redirect the momentum of the conversation when you play the victim right not you but everybody don't call me a victim (laughs) yeah i've learned that (laughs) um yeah but we haven't really talked too much about nonviolent communication on the old podcast here have we oh no i don't think we have yet we that'll be the next one we'll do because don't let it fool you um when I first heard about nonviolent communication, a lot of my parts were like, that sounds stupid. <laughs> but um, I think the name is not really the best to describe it. Really what it 
I, the way I would describe it is honest, vulnerable, needs-based communication. Totally. Um, needs-based communication. Yeah. yeah. That's what it should be called. Because kind of a little short little spiel, when you speak in that way that gets down to your core roots, unabridged by or unshielded by victimization or um, passive aggressiveness or anything like that. When you're like, what what's the root thing that I feel right now that's making me upset? And when you're like, I feel trapped or I feel stuck or I feel lonely. lonely. Or I feel disregarded, and that, and what you're and how you say X, Y, and Z is making me feel that way. What that does is like, kind of blows up the, um, kind of the the conflict part, because we all have those basic things of I feel. I feel this way because of something else. And when you lay it out there and are like, this is what I'm feeling. The other per it's very easy for the other person to be like, oh damn, really? Totally, yeah. Just it that it changes the momentum. Yeah. Totally. It it's a it like uh, deepens the conversation. Yeah, into a moment of clarity where where you can be at odds with each other, you can find like commonality of totally. like, oh, I oh, I had no idea that's how you were feeling. Yeah. Or what like is being felt by you when I do this. Right, and it's also kind of like how my parts experience it when you do that, when you just like say something vulnerable like that. My parts experience it as like I'm laying I'm laying down my arms. Like, I'm not trying to go to war with you right now. This is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, it's like, I I want to connect with you. Right. That's what it tells me. Yeah. My, it changes the dynamic in my inner system really rapidly. Yeah. So, that's a little tidbit of that. Um, nonviolent communication. Good stuff. We'll dig into that. But, let's get back to the container here. So, we've gone through these kind of like, I don't know, step-by-steps. And usually the last part is kind of the, like, gratitude part. Because if you really do hold space for someone, in the end, you kind of find what you were missing, or what your partner was missing, and you work together to try and meet that as best as you can in the moment and then at the end you're all you're kind of left with is like wow that was really great and like i feel really better and like i feel connected to you you're kind of left with gratitude and that's really nice it's super nice so that's something that i've never really experienced in other relationships before actually yeah is that that moment of gratitude after we've really connected on something where I really feel seen about something that's alive in me? Mm-hmm. So successfully holding space um, has a positive, positive feedback of you're left with more gratitude for yourself and for your partner. And when you are the successful 
uh, holder of the space, you feel really good. Like, man, I'm such a good partner, and like, I am really in tune with myself, and I just feel good now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, it is. It's a really badass feeling. Um, so it's a good thing. Holding space, one thing, or a few things that holding space is not. Let's get into that one, because this is where I used to um, fall into this. Holding space is not just leaving yourself out there to be shit on. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yes, yeah. If you're holding space and your partner is just criticizing you, fuck that shit. Yeah. That's not right. Because, you know, it can get to a point where, like, if your partner, the thing your partner is upset, uh, upset about is you, it can get there. And, like, that doesn't mean that you have to just, like, bend over and take it. Mm-hmm. And, like... I agree. If, you know, your partner's getting nasty and you're getting real triggered, you got to speak up and be like, hey, like, I know you're mad at me about something or you're upset at me about something, but... You are doing it in a way that is really like mean or condescending, or like you're making me feel. I mean, this is where the violent, nonviolent communication mm-hmm. can be a real tool. And if your partner doesn't like respect that, or is just like, ah, fuck you, and like, <laughs> yeah, man, then yeah, that's when you kind of got to hold your ground and be like, look, we got to take a pause from this one and come back to this because you know what? The space is closed now. Yeah, I wonder if that's why a lot of people are afraid of really turning their parts off and just soaking in and listening is because they're afraid of, um, I don't know, the loss of control or something or like their own boundaries being breached. Like they're going to lose themselves and they're just going to be like a doormat then. Yeah, because holding space is the opposite of giving up control. It is empowering yourself to be there for your partner. And to be there for you as a good partner Mm -hmm. or as a, like, constructive partner. It is not to disempower yourself to be, yeah, turned into a dumpster fire. Right. Or a target. Right. Like, you can hold space and still have boundaries. And actually, sometimes that's the most fruitful thing you can do when you're holding space. Mm -hmm. Is to set that boundary of, like, look, I want to connect with you. I want to... Uh, hear more about what's alive in you but I can't I actually can't do that when you're criticizing me mm-hmm. I can't meet your needs when you're criticizing me right so can we do this in a different way yeah because there is a difference between like hearing your partner out for something that they feel negatively that is associated with you and them just criticizing you 100% because Criticism without like something behind it that you can acknowledge and see and um, do something about or like have a conversation about, that is a one-way ticket to shame mm-hmm. or to um, humiliation. And nobody needs that. That is That is our goal to... Remove shame and humiliation from your relationship. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Yeah. Please don't do it to and each other. Criticism. Don't criticize each other. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a difference. Like, if your partner does something that you don't like, the best way to address it is to be honest about it and be like, look, I don't know what it is about the sound of you chewing, but I get super triggered listening to you chew. And I know we've talked about this before, and this is one of the things that... <laughs> yeah, we, we both have trauma around being criticized for our chewing. Yeah. But, like, that is that is a, that is an open invitation to a discussion. Yeah, like, it, instead of criticizing your partner, identify within your own self a need that's not being met and how that makes you feel mm-hmm. and make a request of a different behavior. Yeah. If you just say, I fucking hate it when you chew, there's... That's so sad. <laughs> or like, can you stop like chewing? That is one of those where you're just like, that is so easy for the response to that to be like, what do you want me to do? Fucking, you know, that's just such like an anger inducing, like... Are you going to baby or mama bird it for me? Yeah. Not to be harping on chewing, but... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, we have some unresolved drama here. Um, anyways, whatever it is, you know, leaving the toilet seat up. That's a super common one that everyone always freaks out about. And, like, if that's a big deal to you, then, like... You can express it kindly. You can express it kindly. And... That's an easy one. <laughs> yeah. But, um... I think there's there's a couple of things that I've learned as a woman about holding space for you. Yeah, because I don't know which which side of the relationship usually holds more space, you think, in like a typical, air quotes, typical relationship. And then I want to hear what you have to say. Um... Uh, it's hard to say. I don't know. It de- it really depends. Yeah. Um, because part of me would say the guy, because the, I mean, the masculine energy, because the masculine energy is the container for the relationships. Right. Like, that is part of the job, is to hold space for the, what's, al- what's alive for the feminine, mm-hmm. is to be the container for them. But I feel like we we all have masculine and feminine energy inside of us. And so there's time, there's, like, I hold a lot of space for you as well. I think the, well, I I don't know if this is true or not, but the person who holds more space in a a partnership is usually the one who is more self-aware or more sensitive. Or that's the one who needs more space held for them. The one who's more sensitive? Yeah. One who's more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Sensitive. Yeah. I kind of tend to agree with you. I think it's expected that, like, yeah, the more masculine side of the relationship is supposed to be the one that's, like, the shoulder to cry on. hmm You know? Yeah. And, like, not really because I think men are supposed to be more, like, emotionally intelligent. They're just supposed to be, like... Emotionless. Emotionless. <laughs> They're not supposed to be as affected by emotions. So, like... 
the the f- fleety feminine that's nothing but a bundle of of you know uh, dramatic emotions. Oh, mm-hmm. she can't hold space. Mm-hmm. She can't be expected to. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I kind of want to talk about what I've learned as a woman holding space for you. Go. Because I'm a coach. I hold space for people for a fucking living. Mm-hmm. And I guide them through that space. And, but I can't do, I can't hold the same sort of space for you. Like, I can't try to change you. Like, this is what I heard from a lot of, I was reading an Instagram post and a lot of guys were saying like, yeah, as soon as it's time for her to hold space for me, like it just becomes a therapy session or a coaching session. It's like, she's, she's like not actually able to be with me in my vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Like she says she doesn't want a solution, but she's always just trying to give me a solution. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like women also internalize that men aren't supposed to have emotions or, and we kind of like try to talk you out of it. Like mm-hmm. if you're going into it, it's like we, we either try to like talk you into it of like, you need to feel something like talk you into into processing like a woman does mm-hmm. or we try to like just coach you through it which doesn't actually always make you feel supported mm-hmm. or seen so that's one thing that I've learned is to like not try to coach you not try to like give you all this like th- like therapy wisdom that I have not try to like tell you what to do but to really like see you and just witness you mm-hmm. and tell you uh, as the feminine tell you that you've got it I trust you I trust that you've got it I see you and I'm with you and I trust that even though you don't have the answers right now like you've you've got it figured out like I feel like more of my job as a feminine of holding space is holding your highest self in my mind's eye mm. and just holding that energy for you and trust and just like trusting that like it, it's okay for you to not be fully accessing that all the time because that's your journey mm-hmm. but to be like yeah you're fully allowed to to not know and i still trust you yeah that helps <laughs> yeah how does that land with you yeah because the best way to describe how that lands is like when you get the opposite of that, which I have experienced, it is such a negative confirming experience of just like, okay, well, yeah, I guess like being open and being honest, all I got was just criticism then, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because a lot of the times, especially for a man or like a more masculine person, when you're going through like things that you don't know how to describe emotionally, you're kind of just like grasping at straws. You're really trying, and you're you're really you're flirting with vulnerability, which is kind of a dangerous proposition. And then when you're met with just um, when you're met with just more masculinity of like mm-hmm. how to fix it, mm-hmm. it's just like, ugh, okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need more masculinity to help me fix my like 
masculine problems. Right. I have enough of that bullshit. It's kind of like you've been taught that as a man, you're never supposed to not know. You're always supposed to know what's next, what's right. Like, you're always supposed to know. And I feel like a lot of women, myself included, like, if you don't know something, if you're coming to me with something that you don't know, whether it's an emotion or what to do next or, like, Mm -hmm. the solution to your problem, I immediately try to, like, help you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, I can't hold space for your not knowing. Right. Because it's unacceptable. Right. And so that's one thing that I've tried to be really cautious of in my own self now is, like, pay attention to that. And just sit with you in the not knowing and still fully trust you and still, like, see you as um, somebody that I super respect. And, like, yeah, he might not know right now, but he does know inside of him. It's just a matter of him finding the answers that he already has. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like all of us. I mean, the big thing, like, when it comes to not knowing something or having uncertainties... A lot of the time, that stuff is expressed in anger. In anger. For men. That's right. Because, or frustration, mm-hmm. you know, in a, a little bit milder version. And one More of the... like stoicness sometimes, too. Yeah, or like kind of stuffiness. Mm-hmm. It's expressed, you know, we've been trained as men or as part of the masculine to the only appropriate emotion... That is allowed is some form of anger one way or the other mm-hmm. um, and one thing that you have done which has been really nice is that you let me be in my anger I've really learned how to do that yeah huh? and not like because I get it when um, you know someone's angry and like that's a super triggering thing uh-huh. for your safety or you know that it's led to violence in the past. I get that. And like, if that's not something that someone's comfortable with, like that needs to be voiced and like dealt with in a different way. But like, if you do have the capacity to hold space, this is a big thing that women or the more feminine side of the relationship can do to hold space for anger. And not necessarily say, like, it's okay for you to be angry, but to say, you're not wrong for being mad, or you're not wrong for being angry, and I'm going to give you time to express your anger, not through violence, and not through criticism and ridicule or shame, but to let out your emotions in the way that you probably only know how to, mm-hmm. which is an anger or frustration. Mm-hmm. Um yeah that's very therapeutic yeah i've learned to just see it it changed everything when uh tony hervine blank actually one of our what what (laughs) uh ifs therapist heroes she um said that that angry part like i get that parts of me are really triggered by that parts of me are triggered by your anger but to to realize that your angry part ultimately just wants attention. It just has a deep need for attention and to mm-hmm. be heard, mm-hmm. to be listened to, and to be like seen and witnessed. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, okay, that's that's what this is. Like this is his parts expressing that he needs to be witnessed mm-hmm. right now. He needs me to hold space. Yeah, because. This is something that, like, 
I have witnessed in myself, I've witnessed in other men, when you have a deep emotion and the only default you have is anger, if you're allowed to let that anger run its course, then the true emotion will come through. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times that true emotion is some form of sadness. Right. Or despair. Or, or fear sometimes. Fear. Yeah. And I mean, how many times have we seen this where someone is just madder than all fuck and then they just break down in tears mm-hmm. when they lose steam and their like anger. That quote, anger is sad's bodyguard. Yeah. And I mean, I have had this happen in me where it's just like I get to a point where I'm so angry that like my anger just bursts. And my anger just turns into this like landslide of just raging sadness. And um, yeah, you've witnessed that, and that is not pretty. I don't know. It's all right. Like as a woman, as a as a feminine, it is a pleasure for me to watch you feel your feelings to like be with you as you feel other feelings other than anger yeah um yeah I mean like parts of me secretly wish you'd do it more (laughs) well yeah I mean honestly I don't this is kind of the thing that I would throw out there for guys is like you don't have to go through this like anger bypass valve it's okay to just be like, I'm sad mm-hmm. and be sad. Um, You've done that sometimes too. Well, yeah, I mean, especially in that's, disappointment. That's the way that like is a much healthier way for the whole, the whole group for the whole space. Like, if you can recognize that like you're sad about something and be like, baby, I need you to hold space for me because I'm really sad because of X, Y, and Z, and like. I mean, that's a lot easier to stomach than, like, I'm going to get fucking piss rage real quick and go crazy, mm-hmm. and then, like, your sadness breaks through. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier. And it's a lot easier on yourself, too. Jesus. Mm-hmm. If, if yeah. your parts will let you do that. Right. If and your part will step aside. That's kind of the the inner work that being having your partner hold space for you. Mm-hmm. And that... When that angry part is like, okay, I need some some fucking space right now. Mm -hmm. Um, When you do hold that space, then yeah, the angry part, I feel like the angry part's just kind of like, okay, well, because usually the angry part is a, like I said, it's a pressure release valve. Uh When you're just like, you've had so many emotions just like back up in this clog, and then eventually the clog just fuses into this angry burst Mm -hmm. if you can let out those emotions by having space held for you when they come up Mm -hmm. or somewhere around the time that they come up then you don't anger is not the default Mm -hmm. anymore and trust me that's so much healthier for everybody yeah um i something just came to me but it's a little bit like off topic than Mm -hmm. this so oh it's about holding space but go for it okay 
Um, it is being like getting really clear, taking the time to get as clear as you can about what you need and somebody holding space for you. Like what I shared with you about how when I share something vulnerable, I have a need for you to engage and for you to like say that you heard me to say good job that you shared something vulnerable mm. um, to like give me affirmation, to ask a question, to ask like if there's anything that um, that's really important for you to know from this like okay I heard all that is there anything that like is really important for me to respond to like that just being able me being able to communicate that to you now will help you be even better yeah later um and so like if you can get really clear about what you need in those moments and what your parts usually need it can also help your partner be better at holding space right because kind of bringing this story around i'm not the master at holding space just because i was born with it i think we have fostered a really well put together ability to hold space for each other because we do that mm -hmm. and you do that really effectively and that's probably why i can take what i have from the past of being able to really listen and mm -hmm. kind of set my parts aside mm -hmm. and all of the tidbits and tips and information that you've given me over this relationship and add that in there as well it just makes this nice package mm -hmm. it makes this it makes the nest very comfortable and very inviting and very fruitful mm-hmm yeah so and the same thing on your end like you have a lot of times held very very effective space for me oh yay yeah so mm -hmm. there was one thing we were going to talk about we were going to put in the cork board yeah what oh was about when to know to hold space and when to offer a solution aha yes so this is, I think, um, something that a lot of men, particularly, are becoming well aware of when um, listening and holding space for women is that women often don't want a solution. And it is very, very default for the right masculine brain to think in that solution-minded thing of like, uh -huh. okay, you're giving me all these little bits of information. I'm going to link these all together, and then you know what? Oh, shit. Look, looky here. This is the pathway. This is what you need. This is what you need. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. You know what? You're feeling all this shit, and I know what you need. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> because you don't know what your partner needs until you can hear what they tell you they need. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, if you offer up what you think that they need, you're really kind of circumventing their needs by trying to put your solution on top of it. Because your solution is, a, in a way, your way of meeting your own needs dealing with what your partner's going through. Mm -hmm. 
And I think, like, even just to clarify about, like, what the feminine needs in those moments is the the reason why we don't want a solution is because we're not operating in that, like, logical framework. We are operating in a relational framework. Mm -hmm. So what we most want to feel is that we're not alone alone in this. Mm -hmm. And the way that we feel that is when you understand, like, when you... um, like witness us Mm -hmm. when you say man that sounds hard or like when you give us empathy Mm -hmm. that that solves our problem because we don't feel alone like Mm -hmm. our ultimate problem the solution that needs fixing is that we feel alone with our feelings Mm -hmm. we feel like we're feeling this alone and so as soon as we don't feel like we're feeling it alone anymore then we can move to the solution but like if i dump a bunch of vulnerable stuff and what i get in return is is the solution I, it probably is the right solution it yeah. probably is the right solution like i'm yeah. gonna give you that <laughs> but what my part's here is our vulnerability isn't allowed mm-hmm. they want us to hurry up and make the solution so mm. we can be fixed right yeah that's funny that which makes s- us feel yeah. lonelier yeah it's funny that you say like it's usually is the solution because I think that's where a lot of dudes get hung up and they Uh. hang themselves where it's just like, you know what? You know what you should do? You should go down and tell that twat Vicky that she needs to keep her big mouth shut. And you're like, no, 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 that's not what it is. And it's like, you probably do need to go tell Vicky to keep her mouth shut. And when you, when, when the male or the masculine is just like clear answer and that answer is rejected uh-huh. By something that by like the mist, the fog uh-huh. of the the <laughs> of feminine. The feminine. Uh, it's just like no, no, no. Trust me. If I shove this down on you, it's right. gonna solve. You. So, and that's where it becomes then a, a conflict, a battle of uh-huh. like, what do you mean that's not what you need to do? Like, yeah. it's so obvious. So right. you know, open your fucking eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> And that's when it can get yeah, not good. Right. That's, it's like, that's closing space. <laughs> yeah. And it's also like a lot of the feminine, like, well, I don't know. Maybe this is just me. I can find my own solutions. Right. I'm really fucking smart. Right. That's a great point, too. I can find my own solutions too. to things. I don't come to you and share what's alive in me always for a solution. Sometimes I do, and which I'm usually pretty clear, like... I want to get your thoughts on this, or let's brainstorm this, or something. But yeah. when you're in the process of holding space, the before uh, the feminine can actually hear your solution, she needs to be witnessed, mm-hmm. and she needs to feel like you see her. Mm-hmm. She needs to feel like she's not alone in this anymore. And then so often, what that feels like is like oh, sigh of relief. And so often, I don't need to do anything about it. Right. Or so often on the other side of that, I find the courage to do what I know I need to do. Right. Yeah. I think one good piece of advice that I have when you have been listening, when you've really been listening and it gets to the point where it's time to like start the conversation, it's not always clear exactly what's needed. And, like, it's not always wise to default, like, oh, I, I just need to, like, witness you. You can sometimes be like, okay, I hear you. Do you need help with a solution? 
or do you need help with mm-hmm. feeling something? Just ask. Like, I think this is a real invitation for the masculine to get outside their own mind of like, okay, she doesn't want a solution, so I'm supposed to know like what right. to do. It's like and you're man, not supposed to be, know there. That could be even. overwhelming where you're just like, okay, I can't like fix her problem, but like, <sighs> fuck, now what? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, shit, she's looking, uh, 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 yeah, uh, and then you, you just kind of bumble into it. Where, yeah, <laughs> it's like at that moment, it's okay for you not to know. She does not need you to know. Right. Like, what she needs is for you to say, man, I'm hearing you. Um, like, what do you need from me? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's when you start the conversation, curiosity, even if it's like out of confusion. <laughs> Yeah. Is really powerful. Yeah, where totally. you're just like, damn, babe, like, that sounds super heavy, but what do you need? I don't know what mm-hmm. to do with any of that. Yeah. Like, you you don't have to be her, like, magical wizard guide that's going to lead her out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you just need to be there for her in this moment. Like, to be yeah. a container for her feeling these feelings in this moment. And to, like, it's okay for you to ask like what do you need next Mm -hmm. like i've heard you i mean even if you're just like this is one thing i've found can sometimes be really powerful too if you're just like fuck like all that you just said sounds like ass like whatever you're going through i i wouldn't know what to do with that either Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) yes Like, like that is not overwhelming for a woman that's like Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not alone in this. I'm not. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's validation for me to feel the way that I feel because yeah. so much of the world has shit on women for their femininity, for feeling how they feel. And so just the fact that like, it's okay for me to feel how I feel. Not only is it okay, but also mm-hmm. you can meet me in that, put yourself in my shoes and admit that you'd be in the same place as me. Oh my God, that's so validating, and that gives me so much happiness, and but also courage to make a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, holding space. I feel like there's a lot more to say. I feel like there is too, but it's this time is to kinda, wrap this one up. Yeah, it super is. Man, what did we talk about? Well, we went through some steps, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you made it this far into talked the podcast, good for again. you. <laughs> we talked about chewing again. Um, yeah, it's kind of an inside joke for us now. <laughs> it's an inside joke with us and you, our devoted listeners. So thank um, you for hanging in there with us. Thank you. Love you guys. Um, yeah, but exercise in holding space for each other because, man, conflicts will arise. They will come. They will go. They are a certainty. And holding space and being able to hold space is a very healthy and necessary way for you two to to see each other and to work through things together. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. There we are. Thanks, thanks. baby girl. Thanks, baby, for being you. Yeah. Aw, thanks for being you. Aw. Uh, Yay. All right, everybody. This is... This was a very constructive one. Hopefully you guys got some good stuff out of this. Yep. Ciao. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Heart is a Muscle podcast. If you'd like more information about what we talked about, or if you'd like to know more about the talented Jordan James, you can find her work at... 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my handle is at just Jordan James. And my name Jordan is spelled with an I-N, so it's J-O-R-D-I-N. So uh, Twitter and Instagram at just Jordan James. You can also find me on my website, which is jordanjames.com. I also write on Medium quite a bit. So my profile on Medium is at Jordan James. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time.